Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and something that's been on my mind, and I know I'm not the only one to kind of say this and think it, but I wanted to explore it nonetheless, is this idea that the use of like content and assets and IP has become such common vernacular within audiences and, you know, another term, consumers, right, that in a way, it devalues what ultimately is being created. Or so, that is the thesis of this episode and that I want to explore. But before I fully get into things, I would like to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. That way you get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So... Let's get into this, right? You know, one of the reasons why it's been on my mind is because obviously it involves me. And I'm someone that is in this business, uh, you know, podcasting and filmmaking specifically. Like those are the the two biggest areas that I'm most familiar with in the entertainment space. And, you know, there's a crossover of a lot of this stuff, of, of this jargon about art, you know, content, assets, IP, franchises, tax incentives, right? Write-offs, product placement, return on investments. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate of, as an artist, knowing the pipeline from start to finish, including the distribution platforms, right? Because I think... What's exciting about the day and age we live in is that the barrier to entry has never been lower, right? To make a movie, well, you could literally shoot something on your iPhone and still have it be professional, right? That's incredible. And you don't need movie studios to get it out to an audience of millions. All you need is social media, right? And you can have a direct interaction with your fan base. And not only that, you could sell it. You can have things like Patreon or, or um, I think it's like uh, buy me a coffee or something like that. Meaning, either way, merchandise and so forth, meaning you can monetize it yourself. And so you can be this one-man band, so to speak, uh, and just create the stuff that you would like to create. And that's good because it's leveling the playing field in a way. Right? It, I mean, the barrier to entry has never been lower, right? And the cost of a lot of this stuff is cheap. Now, yes, uh, a lot of times, you know, we would wish we would have more resources, meaning equipment, manpower, and so forth, and then time, right? Being time and resources. But nonetheless, you know, if you work hard, you can make the quality. But I think we, because of the pressure of the seemingly situation, right, where it's like we have to churn out content after content, otherwise you're not seen as a success, uh, and you have to be posting online in order to grow your social media presence. But, you know, obviously when you grow it, it's like, what are you promoting? And all these different things. And so it takes us away from 
that pure creation place. And I think about my responsibility in all of this. And the best way to sort of summarize it is that good business, financial good business, is still making quality content. And the truth of the matter is, there is no algorithm that, has, that anyone's ever cracked that just creates good content. Don't believe me? Let's look at the top 10 movies so far of, of 2022. No one predicted Top Gun to be number one. No one did. They were so surprised. You know, even though it's not in there, but uh, the, um, everything everywhere all at once... No one expected it to do what it did, right? And so these aren't necessarily outliers. This happens more often than we think that, that the predictability of something doesn't end up happening, right? Things overperform, things underperform, and so forth. I mean, it's why, you know, everyone tries to go after franchises and known properties that that have fan bases because the idea is you're hedging your bets and yet it's not a guarantee it's just something that we delude ourselves into believing is true and so the real crux of this episode is to tell you, yes, understand the pipeline, learn the business side of how all this operates, how you can, you know, regardless of any gatekeepers that might be out there, you can create what you want. And my philosophy is this, listen, I, you know, if there's people out there, movie studios and so forth that, or, you know, publishers when it comes to my books that would like to, you know, uh, work with me, then by all means, And especially if they want to pay me, great, I'm all on board. But I will never be at the mercy of these people, you know? I I have made two feature films so far, and not once, you know, yes, I wanted to work with people, but there was rejection in terms of the idea and so forth. So I was like, okay, well, I'm still going to do it, no matter what. And, And that is a quality I really love about myself currently, is is that bold headedness of like, it's not arrogance, but it's like, okay, you know, hey, if we want to work together, great. And if you don't, fine. I'll still do it. And, you know, I love proving that I will, right? And so it allows me, you know, that worst case scenario, I have this independence about me that I can create the stuff and it has the quality that I want. And like, listen, you know, of course, like anyone else, I have dreams of, a movie that's more high budgeted and you know has some action and requires more than like I would be able to make at the moment, but that's fine. I, I know I'm going to get to that level, right? And for me, it's having that patience to stay the path and you know create art that still means a lot to me in the context of which that I can make it. You know, one of the big things I talk about is we focus on so much what we don't have instead of focusing on what we do have and how we can utilize that, right? So that's kind of the secret to my success uh, in that way. And so point number one being 
try to work with in the so-called system, but if it rejects you for whatever reason and you need to, you know, pivot and figure out different ways to do it, then do that. Create the art and have that sort of know the business side of things, but don't let it bog you down because you don't know. You just don't know. But what I know to be true is that when you just seek, let's say, fame and fortune for, you know, a very surface level summation of all of this, it doesn't come. People are smart to recognize it and then gravitate towards good stuff. Now, yes, good is subjective as all hell, especially today. But... I know you don't, I I just know you don't get there without that. And the point being, as as Stephen Pressfield will say in The War of Art, you are entitled to your label, but not the fruits of it. And so in that regard, if you stand any shot at whatever victory you're looking for, with art from the commercial side. You have to make it as good as you can make it. And that's a lot of work. You know, I was talking today with um, someone who I look up to. And, you know, she was saying, A, your future self will thank you for the work that you put in. And, you know, creatively, as, as much as it is exhausting, there's... There's a lot of times when, you can, when you're working on a project and you've mentally gone through everything that you would like to accomplish with this project. And yet, there's still 20, 30, if not 40% more to go. But that side is what makes someone just a hobbyist versus an actual commercial artist. And there's some people that would look down upon that phrasing, commercial artist. But I see nothing wrong with aspiring to put out art into the world and having it be financially viable for yourself and the people that you work with, right? Art has value in this world. It does. (laughs) Why do so many people gravitate towards it? And just consume all this stuff. But in a way, I think, and you know, as the barriers uh, get lower, I think people can also get a peek behind the curtain, meaning just regular people, and start to understand how the sauce is made. And then they adopt these things. And I, I think that in itself sort of lowers the value of art on a, on a grand scale. And so, ultimately, I also think we just have to sort of be careful about how we talk about these things to not just deduce it to numbers when we're talking about... And I don't think, you know, I think there's a difference. We as artists will talk about... Our projects with a certain passion, right? Because why else are we making them? But when we talk about other stuff, we tend to 
disconnect ourselves a little bit from it. And I think we just have to be careful of that. Because no one ultimately sets out to make bad art. And it's really difficult. And, you know, sometimes it does not work out, right? That's what makes great art so fantastic because it's like in spite of all the odds, they manage to create something fantastic. And so I think we just have to have this recognition of how we speak about these things that are a little bit more thoughtful. And that's my message. You know, to what end that helps? I'm not entirely sure, to be quite frank. But if art is a way, is a reflection of society, and it helps, art is the lie that exposes the truth, if you will, then I don't think we get there without being thoughtful about the world and having some empathy towards it and others. And when we can do that, we can create more meaningful art. And it kind of goes into this idea of what role does an artist have? You know, do they need to infuse their work with any sort of morality or lesson? And maybe it stems from the Socratic idea of an unexamined life is not worth living. And I extract that into my art as well as like have this idea that like, listen, you know, I'm trying to figure things out no different than anyone else. But I think the goal of life should be to elevate things around you. You know, it's that simple idea that leave the world a better place than, than you found it sort of thing. And it might sound stupid to say, but hopefully, you know, the art that I or anyone, you know, you and everyone else gets to create does provide that. And yeah, that is something that I strive for. And that's why deducing it down to just content and intellectual property or an asset franchise and whatever else product is demeaning towards that goal. And I guess that's why it's been on my mind. Anyway, that's what I have for you today. Hopefully it gave you some food for thought on how you reflect with the things that you're doing. And, um, you know, either way, I'm curious to know your thoughts or questions if you have them. Comment down below or hit me up on social media at PhilSvitek. I would uh, love to chat about this topic with you. Likewise, if you appreciate what I do and think you would benefit from coaching, well, that is available to you. Uh, the link is provided to you in the description box. Or if you know, you'd like to just kind of dip your toes in and see what it's all about and how I could help you, well, that's what my Patreon page is for, patreon.com slash There's various tiers of support there. And you know, that gets you various rewards. Um, one of the fun things is you know, like my monthly coaching Zoom sessions and so forth. Um, get to interact. So that's a lot of fun that is available to you. And as I've made mention, you know, I have stuff that I've created, books and movies, and merchandise, and 
All of that is also linked to in the description box and it would mean a great deal to me if you checked it out because I worked really hard on it and it would be cool if you saw some of it. And also, you know, not for nothing, it does help this out because it's a symbiotic relationship. By that being self-sustaining, I get to create more art and by doing so, I learn lessons that I then get to share right here with you for free. All that way, uh, your creative journey can be at least a little bit easier. That is the hope. Anyway, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. I appreciate you, and I'll see you next time.